Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm just home from Collaborative Studios in town after recording this podcast and I have a pain from laughing. It was so much fun. So in the last episode, I told you about my first experiences with hands up the top and an old feel of the ditties and the first time seeing a boy's willy. And today it's somebody else's turn to tell you about those teenage experiences. My guest is Catherine Carton, a.k.a. Dainty Dress Diaries. Now, Catherine and I have been friends online for years I can't even remember how I discovered her, but we met each other face to face for the first time two years ago at the Bloom Festival in the Phoenix Park. And of course, there were loads of flowers there, so that's where you'd find Dainty. If you're not already familiar with Catherine, I've been trying to think how to describe her. And she is a whole lot of woman. And if we ever needed proof that good goods come in small packages, then this is it. Catherine is called dainty because she is dainty in every single way. She's four foot eleven. She's so petite. She still looks 16, even though she's 31. She's from Dublin and Catherine works full time in retail, but she is a hustler. My God, does this woman have the most incredible work ethic. She bought her own house at the age of 25. And she's famous online for her incredible creative crafting skills. Like we're talking about going out for a walk, seeing an old bicycle wheel in a ditch. And I'm watching her Instagram story going, what on earth could you turn that rusty old thing into? Next thing you know, she has transformed it into a spectacular piece with flowers on it and it's hanging from her wall. Like you have never seen upcycling like the way that Dainty does it. She's also known for her wonderful honesty. Um, she's so authentic and so real. She tells it as it is. Drunk Dainty is just a sight to behold on Instagram stories when she eats her cheese and garlic chips, which she will tell you all about in the upcoming podcast. She's gas. She's salt of the earth. She has a huge heart. She's so honest and um, so lovable and just a beautiful, beautiful soul and a wonderful representation of femininity and all that is wonderful in this world. 
And I tell you, it'll be a very lucky fella that gets her. The photos we mention of teenage dainty with no eyebrows will be up on my Instagram. It's Jules Call Picks if you want to follow me there. And Dainty's Instagram is Dainty Dress Diaries. I'm your host, Jules Call, and this is the Cringe Binge Podcast. Carton, aka Dainty Dress Diaries. Welcome to Collaborative Studios and thank you so much for being part of the podcast. I'm dying to talk to you now about Teen Dainty. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I want to say to you, you still look 16. So <laughs> I still feel it. What <laughs> in the name of God did te- actual Teen Dainty look like? Have you discovered the the secret elixir for youth. No, do you what know did what? You look like as a youngster, Teen Dainty had no eyebrows, and had. Do you remember um, Elizabeth Arden Foundation? Oh yeah, with the toasty and you, you, you would have a toasty beige. Oh my god, I can't remember my color. Um, maybe I was more of a classic beige, but you'd have to wet the sponge yes. to like get it on your face, and it would like cake on the jawline. <laughs> and you know what? When I was actually looking back at the pictures, um, your face. There was no such thing as contour. Mm-hmm. They saw a blusher, but uh, who bought it? Um, no eyebrow. Like, you didn't define your face. Whereas now it's like, you know, you put your cheekbones in in the morning, mm-hmm. you put your eyebrows on. You were just a ghost. <laughs> and when you look at photos, it was just, you were just like solid colour. Yeah. <laughs> no definition. That was the look, though, of the yeah. 90s and kind of early noughties. It was almost like a pancake yeah. with eyes and maybe some lips yeah. oh there was the early 2000s as well do you remember when you put foundation on your lips did you ever or do that i done that but do you remember clear lip gloss oh yes and a glitter lip gloss yeah and then i think i don't know if it was too early for girls allowed maybe it was more atomic kitten times oh yeah but like they would have had the metallic eyeshadow mm-hmm. and uh remember you would put like eyeshadow on your brow bone but you still had no eyebrows <laughs> but you would like highlight them <laughs> Remember, it was like iridescent, like you put it up here. And do you remember, like footballers' wives, do you remember that yes. sky? And they'd have that like purple lilac eyeshadow and then like a big, you know, yeah, highlighted brow. Yeah, it's my. <laughs> and now you've brought in some photographs to show me, right? And we when can I put look, them in like show notes or Instagram. We yeah, can put them somewhere. Yeah, put them all, yeah, put so them all on Instagram to see them because you know we have to talk about the photos. And when I look at it, the great thing is is that all of your friends are the same. Yeah. Nobody has Nobody. any eyebrows. Not one of us even thought ever. And our moms never told us. Nobody said. Put your eyebrows on. I know it's crazy, right? isn't it? Like if I used to go to shop now for like milk, it'd be you know brows are gone, a bit of lip gloss, maybe a blush, not like an inch of Elizabeth Arden on my face. <laughs> so looking back at Teen Dainty, right, mm-hmm. you haven't changed apart from now you have eyebrows, yeah. uh, but you haven't <laughs> aged at all. Do you still get asked for, what age are you now? You're 31. I'm 31, okay. yeah. So I, it depends who I'm out with. Like if I'm in a pub, not so much. Um, sometimes going into a club, they can be kind of cheeky. But the funniest thing for me is when people knock on my front door. So if like, um, like if someone comes out like with a bill or charity people, and they're like, is, is your mom home? And it's like, are you for real? I own this house, and I, I, I just I laugh now. I, I take it as a compliment. But it's little things like that. And actually, I was going through the airport, and you know the way the passport scanner, um, the automatic ones. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you have to be over eighteen to use that. And I was like, 
I am. Oh my god. I'm 31. And then I was recently I was on um a flight home from London. I it was like fly out early, fly home late. I looked exhausted and it was like half ten, last flight home, and I was like, Can I have wine? And he's like, Here? Can I see your passport? And I was like, absolutely, you can. <laughs> Here you go. And he's like, oh, okay, sorry about that. And I was like, okay, I just looked a bit, I had hardly any makeup on. I was like, but so no, how okay. does it make you feel? Because an awful lot of people, yeah, is it a huge compliment or do like- I love it, but do you know what? It's bad when it comes to dating. Okay. Because, and I noticed it, actually I had a massive compliment there not that long ago. I was on a night out. And I was out with my girlfriend. There was only the two of us and her younger brother and his friend just come over to say hello end up sitting with with us and we were having a laugh so they were like 22 23 and uh one of the guys was like um he said something and they were like oh no party back in Catherine's house dainty she, she's our house and he's like what you're like 19 and I was like no I'm like 31 and he's like oh I was going to chat you up but now I won't and I was like then the penny dropped and I was like maybe that's why I'm not getting approached by the guys I want to because maybe they think I'm much younger so maybe that would kind of that's the only downfall Oh, now I love it. Long may it last. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the highest compliment of all. I used to work in an off license. And I have to say, if you came in, I would ask you I for ID. <laughs> and I mean, is there any greater thing once you are in your 20s or yeah. 30s and going, hmm, I'm like 18. Yeah. So like, when you think, you. <laughs> when you think back to teen dainty yeah. and that decade that you lived in, what sort of emotions like come up for you? What sort of so feelings? So when I was thinking about this, when you asked me to be on the podcast and I was like, when I looked back, I always assumed my teenage years were quite angsty, mm-hmm. quite anxious, mm-hmm. quite um, turbulent. But then when I actually looked back, there was a lot of funny things. It wasn't. And it's mad how you think that that one de- like part of time seemed like a lifetime. But when you look back, it was really only like maybe a one to two period where you might have been in that state. And then, you know, so much happens in mm-hmm. from 10 to 20 is a massive decade yeah. in your life. And you go from playing with Barbies to uh, playing with men. <laughs> <laughs> Like in one decade, <laughs> where it's like 20 to 30, okay, you do a lot of emotional growing, but like that's a crazy decade. So I would say the beginning of the teen years were the angsty. Okay. I had a punk rocker phase as well. I had died. Do you remember you could go to them rock and roll? I'm going to say goths rock and mm-hmm. roll places. Yeah. And they sold hair dye yeah. and it was like pink and purple. I couldn't find photographic evidence of this because thank god the internet wasn't invented and I would have I had a pink and like purple fringe I would dye like I would bleach my fringe blonde and dye it pink and how it didn't fall off I I don't know oh my god Um, what was the clothes like to go with this the clothes was like I still had my quick it was like slogan Mm t-shirt um so like, was this grunge? We were grungy. grungy. Yeah, cool. Pinky socks, like yeah. a fluorescent. I had to have a pop of colour. I didn't do the head to toe black. Okay. It was more, I oh, there was colour. Tutus are ringing a bell, I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> Over leggings, okay. just that kind of. Yeah, punky and, Brewster. Yeah. And then I grew out of it when I started getting a part-time job. Okay. And then I became 
um, more mainstream. Okay. <laughs> became more mainstream <laughs> and was very Atomic Kitten-esque. <laughs> and so if those early years were the kind of angsty ones and you were obviously yeah. going through a period of self-discovery, because that's what yeah. your teenage years are going, who am I? I still am. What? <laughs> what am I doing with the world and you experiment with fashion and makeup and yeah. go through all those angsty years and then getting into your later teens what was the, what were the changes there later teens I think like I wasn't one for school okay as in the whole system and even it's still in my adult life like I'm not one to be um chained to a desk for a solid eight hours and forced to be fed knowledge like that is not how I learn. So I really struggled with school. And it was when I started, I had a part-time job when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I was working with people who were, you know, slightly older. They were maybe, you know, going into college. And that's when, um, like, my parents trusted me. Like, I would go out after work with them with my fake ID. And I went into town. Do you remember um, Zanzibar yes. on the keys? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Do you remember on a Thursday night? And you were in there at, the, at 16? Zanzibar, I was in, um, we used to go, so we'd work five five to nine okay uh, what was the job doing what I was like part-time in retail selling shoes okay and Thursday night my shift was five to nine and we would get the bus into town after and we would have like maybe a little pre-drink in our McDonald's cup yeah we get changed in toilets yeah. and we'd go to K3 which is a pub on um it's around a corner from Zanzibar it's still there, but they had like a disco bar type thing upstairs. I don't think they've had it since. So we'd go there because they'd serve us. And then we, no, in saying that, I had a fake ID mm-hmm. and I How feel did like. you get the old fake ID? So my cousin, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my cousin, call the guards. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin was older. So um, do you remember the old passports where it was your photo on mm-hmm. it? And it wasn't like these new ones. So I gave it to someone who I worked with who knew a guy and I gave him my passport photo and he laminated my photo over my cousin's old passport. Like the corners were cut Mm -hmm. and this worked. Mm -hmm. I went to break for the border Mm -hmm. on this thing. I was all over Dublin. They they did look legit though. They were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think because her fake ID, like if I don't look my age now, I didn't look my age back then. Um, I think like if I was 16, the fake ID said I was 19. Like okay. it was nineteen twenty. Like I certainly didn't look the age. But yeah, we'd go to K three and we'd stay there till about you know maybe half eleven, twelve, and then we'd go around to good old Zanzibar. Yeah. <laughs> and do you remember back then they had night links? Like now I know yes. we have night links, but I think they stop at one. There was like a half three, a four, a half mm-hmm. four, a five. Night links ran through. It was the boom times. They That's ran where you through. We did the lap dancing on the pole yeah. and everything. Like, oh yeah, listen, it was like the party continued all yeah. the way home. Night link was the journey. Yeah, like and you had your supermax and sick on the bus and fall asleep yeah. and then wake up in the depot and everything. Yeah. Oh, listen, the stories, <laughs> the stories. Not me now. I've, no, I've heard, I've heard. So obviously, if you had a part-time job, yeah. you must have been quite. Would you consider yourself to be a responsible teenager? That I was more your responsible. Yeah, absolutely. I actually look back and I was probably more responsible then than I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. Not not your one for like your typical knacker drinking whereas nowadays no problem you want to drink tins in a field I'll come with you (laughs) but when I was 17 and 16 even like like a lot of my friends started 
early. So you're talking maybe 15 and it was the cans in the field. I was just like, no, it's too cold. <laughs> like it, it just wasn't my thing. And I always wanted, I always thought I was like, like I wouldn't kiss the local boys. I'd have to kiss the boy and I'm out or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I had notions at that age. <laughs> and, and like even going to discos, I was like, no, like no to the discos. I'm going to the clubs. Like I just was like, I just, I don't know if it's because maybe when I started working, I was around slightly older people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone had a job back then. Like all of my school friends, we all worked from 16. There was loads of jobs because it was the boom. So we didn't have to ask our parents for money. We were getting, like when I look back at 16, 17, because you didn't pay tax anyway. Yeah. But for that age, um, we were getting some serious money. T- like for a 16 year old, like we were kind of living it up. Like, yeah. What else would you do but party? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And buy ridiculous clothes. <laughs> So going back to school, what was it the structure of school? Was it whole the whole structure, the whole thing? And even nowadays, like I feel even if I'm to be creative, I can't um the I, I have to be allowed to be a bit floaty or mm-hmm. something. Um it was the structure, it was just you sit at that desk and you'll sit there from nine to four and we'll give you an hour lunch and I'm going to just force feed you information that's even like, you know, I, I haven't used a lot of it. Um, so it was the structure of it. Mm. Had they let me create in a different way or learn in a different way, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. But no, it's the complete structure of it. Yeah, they say that an awful lot of people can be either, they use their left brain if they're a mm-hmm. logical thinker or their right brain if they're a creative person. I'm absolutely right-brained. so <laughs> right brain, and you are so creative. And I think that's a huge thing, isn't it, with, yeah. cre- especially when it comes to creativity. Imagine you're to do an exam in art, which means yeah. at 2 p.m. on Friday, you must switch on your creativity and yeah. you must be able to channel through you and do a painting or a graphic based on a brief that's yeah. here in this exam that's just been sprung on you. I mean, it makes no no sense, and I remember a painting um, in, in, in art class. I had sketched out the painting uh, and we had to then paint it. Um, and he goes, you're after painting outside the line. Now, I was about 14 and I was like, I painted outside the line. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back to going, you painted outside the line because you're creative and that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you painted outside the line. That is mentally, like molding me into something I'm not like you painted outside the line yes I did (laughs) you go girl so now I paint outside the lines all the time (laughs) brilliant so you are an unbelievable creator you're so creative and crafty have you always been a creative person like that yes but when I went to school as in so primary school was great because it was a different type of creativity and um that was fantastic then when it went into secondary school and it was exam based and the fun was stripped out Mm -hmm. my creativity went into like dormancy I don't know if that's it It went dormant right Mm -hmm. I only discovered it again in my mid-20s and it's I I look back and I do regret because like last winter I did a woodwork class and I'm like why didn't I do woodwork in school when I had the chance to do it and I didn't take it seriously but then again I did when I was when you're in secondary school you don't have it's almost like you can't think for yourself it's like it's like you here pick a class do like home ec business whatever you've a short window to decide and you go and you do that class it's kind of like cattle marted into you mm-hmm. or something um so absolutely I am creative since the day I was born but it did go down it, it did disappear for a while it never left mm-hmm. 
but like I was like when I was looking for photos because obviously it was pre-internet and pre-Facebook days it was obviously like I love photography like filmmaking and stuff and I was the girl going around with my um well it wasn't even a digital camera the little um disposable ones oh yeah oh I had disposable Mm -hmm. and I was still like going around so it was still in me to you know do creative stuff but it just I couldn't you know articulate it at the time maybe um so it was creative but the system ruined it okay (laughs) um and in school because you didn't like the structure and everything were you um did you ever get into trouble I was rebellious and but not your typical mainstream rebellious I was like cute rebellious Mm. so I I just wouldn't go (laughs) first of all I just wouldn't go you can't get more rebellious than that. I just, like, I just would you go. just match off? Where would you go when you'd matched? I'd go home. <laughs> I'd go home. And would I your mum and dad not be like, oh, sorry, what are you doing? Oh, what was your excuse? Yeah, if they like... were in work. Uh, so I'd done oh, the sickness brilliant. for a while and then I'd go to school and then I'd just, I'd just leave. And like I just was like, I suppose it's like when you try and take a dog on a walk and he sticks his heels in. I just got to a point and I was just like, no, this is like... It just and in classes I would kind of I suppose be bored, mm-hmm. and I, we were laughing in work actually because I was thinking of things you did when you were in class when you were bored and you'd like do you, actually were you allowed in my school it was a bit of a rough school we were never allowed a metal ruler why not because oh, this is a weapon. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jesus what sort of school did you go to and actually uh, we weren't allowed a metal ruler. And we used to have wooden and plastic ones and we'd chop up our rubber and we would flick them across the room. Oh, amazing. Yeah. But you were, and actually I went into um, the craft shop recently or whatever shop, I don't even mention names of shops. So I went in and I just had to get a simple ruler in my craft kit. I didn't have a ruler. I had measuring tapes, didn't have a ruler. So I went in and there was metal, plastic, wooden. And I, for that, it's mad how it doesn't leave you. And I was like, oh, I can't get a metal ruler. And then I went... Why can't you get a metal ruler? You're an adult now. <laughs> yeah. So it stuck with me. Uh, but I ended up getting a wooden one because it was more aesthetic. Um, but I was like, God, do you remember when you couldn't have a metal ruler? Because you'd go around and you'd whack people across the leg with your ruler. Um, which this was is obviously student to student. Student to student. student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have a teacher crush when I was like 14, oh, my science teacher. Tell me. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, we weren't allowed... Um, metal rulers which is great and I asked a few people and they're like same reaction as you what school did you go to and then I asked other people and they're like yeah I went to a rough school too <laughs> we went to let them <laughs> so throughout all these crazy years what was your relationship like with your family you've got brothers isn't that right I have two brothers and I'm the only girl and, oh. and you're the youngest as well are you? I'm in the middle oh you're in the middle yeah. the middle child interesting I was I loved growing up with brothers, um, but I had a cousin who I was so close to in my teenage years, who was slightly older, who I would have considered a sister in mm-hmm. them years. Um, so it was it was fantastic being the only girl. I had the run of the house. Uh, it was it was great. Like I n- could never not that I could do no wrong. I was oh, I would get in trouble. But there's something about being like a girl and I would wind my brothers up something terrible and like they'd get in trouble and it would be me. But my mom always said she was like, I having you, one of you is like 10 boys. That's really? what she said. She was like, one of you is 10 boys. She's Why like, do you think she thought boys. that? Just because I think I was, I was just energy. 
Yeah. And just like my brother, I have a niece and a nephew and he always says, you know, boys wreck your house, but girls wreck your head. And I think, yeah, I, I was both. I wrecked her house and wrecked her head. Like she just was like, yeah. And I suppose <laughs> one of the downsides of having brothers is because I asked you, did you write a diary as a teenager? Oh, you couldn't. <laughs> you could not. So what would have been the consequences if you had? Oh my God. So I did try because um, do you remember diaries were really popular with the little locks oh, on yeah. them so we're them. going back you know maybe pre-teen you know maybe eight nine ten eleven years coming up to the confirmation like and my cousin um she, her brothers were older she didn't have younger brothers so she could have diaries and she had diaries so I tried it because I wanted to be killed and we had diaries too and oh heaven forbid um I think it did get that's why I think I stopped um and do you know to this day as an adult um because I like to like journal and I write ideas down and I do like I write what I want to manifest and stuff but to this day I have a fear of someone finding that and reading it and why I must because must because my brothers picked <gasps> up the diaries kids and it'd be like oh she fancies so and so and it'd be so and so and it's like I fancy Mark from Westlife but they'd be like and they just yeah. wind it up oh, <laughs> that is their job that is what they have <laughs> to do she kissed the boy <laughs> but no thank god there is no uh, journaling <laughs> that so went on in my teen years if you didn't have a teenage diary of your thoughts did you have in school another big thing in the teenage years was the homework notebook where you know you were supposed oh to write down your homework notebook but it would end up just being like you know I love Mark or everything kind of graffitied and drawn on and yeah. you'd write notes to your friends and stuff was that yeah, a thing for you yeah, as a teen? Yeah that was um, I had forgotten about the homework notebook mm, that was huge yeah. and they were quite big mm. mine was quite big and thick and at the end of the year it was gas to look back throughout but it was more so writing like not dirty things <laughs> <laughs> but on your like drawn willies on your friend's notebook come on it's a right of passage <laughs> yeah. and boobs yeah. and like so and so love so and so and yeah it was kind of like or you'd slag a teacher god I don't know I don't, I think kids are, are much more well behaved nowadays I think maybe um, but the not abuse I, I'd never abuse a teacher but the slagging oh yeah the slagging <laughs> like and the nicknames how did they put up with that? I don't know I don't know I feel like if God. the teenagers did that now Nowadays, they drink the guards or something on them. I feel like there's no uh, banter is filtering out, maybe with that generation. <laughs> but like, what well, looking back, what we did was shocking. <laughs> and uh, for your, what was your sex education like in school? I uh, when I had a look at that question, and I was like, shocking bad. And we had nothing to Google. Yeah. So from a young young age like when like the when parents gave sex education and I had my older cousin as well it was like do not come home pregnant mm -hmm. and it's like but they never taught you you know how pregnancy would happen it was just do not come home pregnant and I was like okay so you had this fear in you anyway and in school it was like a science book and there was like pictures and you they were too formal about it. It was like the sperm and the egg and ovulation. Instead of just being like, listen, don't be letting boys stick their mickeys in you. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, use a Johnny. And do you know what I mean? And then they yeah. made us watch a video, which I think had birth in it. I feel like nowadays it's just more like, listen, you have sex. He just, uh, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. And babies are made. So don't be doing that. And I feel like even contraception talks was not discussed. Um, 
like I found out about contraception towards my later years like that from the girls I was you know hanging out with from the older girls I was working with from my cousin Um, there was no reference point. Like I remember actually was thinking, like you couldn't really Google things because you had no phone. And I remember reading a book on anxiety because you you couldn't Google it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like there was no, and like even for like guys growing up, I remember like the likes of porn and stuff. Like I would have been really old in comparison to nowadays when I saw my first like Mickey on the screen. Like... <laughs> Like it was, but there was magazines and things like that. It was, it was it like was a paper hard form. paper form. You were reading, yeah. and you were also just randomly paper form porn, <laughs> <laughs> and randomly finding out information yeah. in the schoolyard. And you would piece it together, going yeah. through together, going, "I heard this and I heard that." Yeah. And you try and connect everything. And together. I heard if you looked at his Mickey, you get pregnant. Oh, so yeah. you had the fear of God in you. And, and also, the sex education in school was based on fear. Yeah, and it, was it was the fear of you know, don't get an STD as they used to call them, and yeah. don't come home pregnant. Yeah. Don't get somebody pregnant. And the whole basis of the sex education was based around abstinence is better. Yes. Just don't do it at all and therefore there won't be a problem. Yes. That w- and do you know what the crazy thing is? That is still the same is sex it? education that they're getting in school these oh days. God. But the good news is, because I've been reading a lot about this recently, the good news is, is that they're trying to... Um, do a big revamp mm-hmm. and do it for the modern day kids. Because can you imagine what it's like raising teenagers now or even from the kind of the age of 10 really yeah. is when you start to kind of get interested in finding out about sex and changes start happening to your body yeah. as a boy and a girl. And, you know, porn and sex and everything yeah. is on the telly so much more I readily I would have everywhere. been mentally, um, not scared, that's a bit extreme, but had no one told me... Had I not have, you know, listened to the Chinese whispers and got my knowledge and all of a sudden I seen porn in its form today because it's quite, I mean, it's quite, uh, lacks romance, it's quite aggressive mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's, I would be going, shit, is that it? Is that what I have I to expect? And it's totally not. I like, know. it's not real sex, sex is at great all. Yeah. if you find a nice chumfle who makes love to you, like, mm. it's not that fucking mad stuff that they be doing nowadays on the on the internet and that is why they need to change <laughs> yeah. the whole Could sex education for modern ireland going, is this what a guy is a boy is going to do to me and is this oh, what i'm no. supposed to look like and is yeah. this the way i'm supposed to sound no. and is this this for the reactions that I'm, and all these different crazy positions and everything no. and it's totally not like real life at no. all so the good news is now listen it's ireland i don't know how long <laughs> it's going to take but there is a movement happening to turn the ship around good but excellent the, the, the teenagers that we were back in those days and, you know, the discovery that we had. It was even like Judy Bloom books and things, reading God, about yeah. periods and you'd learn about those sort of things. And it was all from your uh, friends. Even when you were getting told about periods, it was this embarrassing thing mm. that happened to a woman once in a while. It's empowering. You're a woman. Mm. And it was like, and make sure you have loads of pads in your school bag just in case because I heard that like you will bleed and it will it will be everywhere and it will be like Armageddon and it was like <laughs> it was just a period. Like you had the fear of Jesus God in you. Yeah. And like it was always like it was my cousin who taught me about tampons. Um because up until then it was like, no, you wear pads, you don't be sticking tampons in you and all this. Like there was that like Oh I know, yeah. It's like stigma. you lose your virginity if you use the tampon. Did you not like, hear? Jesus. Like, oh my god. <laughs> and Crazy. You know, with all those <laughs> hormones flooding in and the way your body changes when you become yeah. um, a teenager and you hit puberty and things, was getting your first period something that you dreaded or something that you prayed for and wanted? I dreaded it because the fear was put into me. Wow. I was told that, like, 
periods are the devil and it, it it was explained to me wrong maybe I took that interpretation and it wasn't you know it, maybe they just basically when someone tells you you're going to bleed every month mm. and it's so it could sore be so scary to and hear that. it's it's like uh and gone around packed full of pads just in case <laughs> and I was like and then like I'd get I, I remember getting my first period I was actually quite young I was um in sixth class wow yeah, yeah that is young so I was young and I don't think they thought I would because I was really small like I'm still small now and I think they thought oh she won't get them till she's like 14 15 or something but I was actually 12 and I remember I was on my first holiday uh well my second holiday I was 11 and my first holiday was I went to Crete in Greece mm-hmm. on a package holiday with my cousin and I we did two aunts and I can't remember where we went the next year I think it was El Lanza um and I remember I had gotten my period and like that, I remember being told, oh, you can't swim in your period. Mm-hmm. I still that too. Yeah. And oh, I don't think you can wash your hair in your period. Like, what <laughs> is going to happen? <laughs> What's going to happen? There was all these old wives tales and myths that carried into, now when I look back, I'm like, that is ridiculous. No wonder you feared getting a period. And... And the shame and everything that the was surrounded. shame. And then I had brothers. And it's like, you know, brother's like, oh, is she bleeding? <laughs> it's like, fuck off. <laughs> like, what is this? Oh, she's got plasters on her fanny. And it's like, just horrific. But uh, you're so lucky that you had that cousin that you were so close to that was like blessed, a sister sort of relationship. Blessed, because yeah. she had an what older was, sister. What was the age gap then between you? About, I'm going to say three and a half years. Okay, that's quite a big age gap yeah, now in early big. teens. So you, if it you is. were going out to a teen disco and everything with her, she would have been much more advanced yeah, and mature so we, in general, wouldn't she? Yeah, oh, it was only when, we wouldn't have went like out out kind of together but you know we would have always hung out and then just as we were getting kind of older like she would have started I would still be kind of kiddie disco and she was out you know because she was really tall and so she could get into the clubs no problem Mm -hmm. and uh, so she kind of was out raving and I was still quite young but she still kind of passed on the knowledge that made sense yeah um and it's mad how like when you're like there was no social influencers to look up to um you had friends and family or someone you worked with or someone in school who was your kind of idol um and it was a physical real person Mm. um not um something you see on the internet it was like realness yeah Yeah. and then when it came to things um because obviously back then we didn't have social media and everything so we had who we saw in magazines and who Mm. we saw on the telly who were your big crushes that you were absolutely (gasps) bananas about who were the posters on your bedroom wall Westlife Westlife was like my wallpaper (laughs) like uh, obsessed with Mark from Westlife I would queue up to get Westlife tickets Mm. um concerts and it was Westlife and all of the teeny boy bands, Backstreet Boys and Sync. Um, who else was big at that time? Obviously, we had Peter Andre, but I wasn't mad on Peter Andre. Like, I'd be looking at the he just the 60 minute makeover chance now, and I'm like, what was he thinking? Nice shuffling <laughs> now. But, but, um, and do you remember the, uh, Oh, do you remember pop stars? Yes. Oh, uh, what I was the boy band? Did you? <laughs> what a twat I did, yeah. I still remember yeah. what I was wearing and everything. Where are them people now? Uh, well, who won pop stars? It was six, wasn't it? Six. I think only... supported Westlife at a gig. Did they? I, got, I have a, a photo with them. I didn't bring it, but I, I definitely. There's a whole lot of love. Oh, <laughs> I fancied your man in that. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And then in real life, who was your first crush? Oh, I wonder, can I say his name? Like he's married with kids now. Mm-hmm. You can say his first name. Even. Yeah, so Ian mm-hmm. and... What he was it about Ian? Oh, I wasn't one for having loads of, you know, I was quite loyal to my crushes, mm. you know? Whereas nowadays I have about five crushes, you know what I mean? <laughs> I keep options up. Back then I was quite loyal to them. Um, so he was, I suppose, what was it about him? He was more than just a kiss. Do you know what I mean? You kind of got the soul as well, you know? And I would innocently, back then, you could just kiss someone and that was it. And we would go and we would sit in the rock in the Hearthstone Park and kiss, innocently, still in our uniforms. Um, one of us would sit in a rock, the other would stand up and we'd just be kissing and talking. And that was the innocence. And I feel like, do the kids nowadays have that? Is there more expectations? I don't know. Like there was no expectation for him to like whip out his willy around like that. Do you know what I mean? Like there was, was none of that. Was what was it kids. though? Was it just like, we're just practicing with each other? Was it like, you know, going, yeah. let's just teach each other how to snog? Was that what it was? I, uh, yeah. And did they ever try the old hand up the top? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Feel it, did he? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then like, yeah. In the park in the middle of the day. Afternoon, like you know, and do you know what was gas? Classy ah, bird. So You'll still get me in the park. <laughs> I feel me diddy. One pint again, it's actually yeah, yours. And I'm out in the park on the rock. Um, but back then, I, I was thinking so when you wanted to meet your friend after school, you said, Linda, I'll be around you at three o'clock. And if you didn't show up, she was like, All right, well, Grant, I'll see you tomorrow. There was no, like, he's left me unseen. Mm. He has not replied to me. Um, We had text messages then. I remember the Siemens mobile phone was my first phone. And I think um, maybe 14 having a phone and you had credit. And you get five at credit and all. (laughs) Ready to go or pay as you go. Digifone. He said Digifone. um, Yeah. Yeah. And then we advanced it so you could text then and you could be like, right, I'm at the park. So I'd, you'd go out. Um, but up until then, it was like, I'll meet you at the corner. And if you're not there, you're not there. And you, there was no fear. There was no, it was like, all right, okay. And you didn't have to be left on scene or, mm. you know, the you worst thing that track can happen. everybody's movements. movements? No. And also, do you remember as well when we used to just call into somebody? Yeah, you so knock on the door. I wouldn't dare. I would text or ring yeah. or anything in advance to go, is it okay if I call in at yeah. three o'clock on Tuesday? Because yeah. if I just rocked up to the door going, how's it going? You'd be like, what, the what do you want? Jokes. Yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was knocking by, I just told her to call in for a cup of tea. I'd yeah. be like, you big weirdo, get yeah. out. What are you doing? You want something. What do you want? Like, it would yeah. just be so weird. And like, your your family would just, like, cousins or aunties and stuff, they would just show up. Yeah. And it was, and then all of a sudden, plates of sandwiches would come out and cup of tea. And it was literally like, um, th- there was no, uh, like, sometimes, nowadays, my friends, so let's say we're doing the carpool to the pub and they'd be like, leaving now, outside. Yeah. It's like, 
am I that are we that bad that I can't just look out the window and see you're outside and so trust fear-based. that when you say five you say five yeah. it's mad how the brain is now conditioned to like text me when you're leaving yeah. no if you say five you say five yeah. like, I posted this on Instagram last yeah. night I saw it on Twitter and it's a guy called Joe Heenan I don't know where he's from but I put it up because it had so many retweets and obviously mm. it caught my attention so this is what it says my daughter can I go to my friend's house me Take your I've phone and text me every 20 minutes to tell me you're okay. And then he says, me when I was 10, I'm off down to the abandoned quarry with my pals. Mum, dinner's at five. Yeah. And that's the way it was. Do you remember that? You just go, Ma- uh, you'd yeah. go out the door in the morning and you go, I'll we come back in for aban- lunch or dinner. Yeah. We had, Did you have an abandoned quarry? We call them the muck hills. So we, the muckers. So they started obviously building houses. So like I come from like... Blanche got really built. It was building up when I was a kid, would have got really built up in the boom. And there was these um, fields and they're tiny now. At the time they looked huge, but now when I looked, I'm like, God, remember that was the muckers. And I could walk to my nanny's house and I'd have to go through the muckers. So it was a field and there was just mounds of muck that the builders had just pushed it aside and the grass had grown out. And you'd be like, oh, you're playing in the muckers. And you'd like cycle your bike through these muck hills. Brilliant. And it'd be like, oh yeah, where are we? I was over the muckers. God knows what we could have been doing at the muckers. And were you ever fearful when you were around there, nope. even like late at night or anything nope. like that? Um, obviously you had to be home by like, for me, it depended on where you were kind of with your pals. Like me and my friend Linda, we'd walk down to the chipper and get chips and walk back and we were probably only 13 and like there was no phones and stuff and it was kind of like be home for eight like summertime maybe nine like but there was not and like that when I would play with my cousins she kind of lived in the country and uh, we'd play on forests streams um and with her and my aunt used to ring a bell at six for tea and then we'd come in have tea watch telly and then they'd bring me home it was a bell and you listened for the bell and she'd be belting the bell like but no matter we could be a good kilometer out in a field um full of muck full of dirt we'd know we didn't care about i remember having wellies and there was holes in me wellies so i had to put plastic bags in them so we had plastic bags in our wellies they were wet they would make noises we were so happy and we didn't worry about germs we didn't worry about anyone seeing us they were like, oh, if anybody saw me today with plastic bags in me wellies, I'd die. <laughs> Isn't it but so funny? We huh? did not care. There yeah. was no makeup. Um, and it also goes back to the time as well, of it, because there's just so much fear now. Yeah. Where back in the day, if you had your baby in, uh, like, let's go back to the 1950s, say, okay. a baby would be in a pram. This mm-hmm. is before buggies. So a pram was pretty big. They were the big metal yes. silver cross ones. You, you know, to try and get that now into the green grocers or anything, that was pretty tough. Yeah. So what did you do? Or the post office, anything. Very simple you just left the pram outside with your baby yeah. in it you went into the shop you went about your business your baby my mom would be said so she safe. forgot me once she, she left me outside the shop right as you do because i love watching calder midwife and you yeah, see that me too. they actually there was a scene in calder midwife and they parked all of the buggies outside of the little center yeah. but they were full of babies like mm-hmm. and um, it was just normal yeah my mom said she forgot me i wasn't that she was like are oh, you a newborn and your brother and i just walked out and she she walked home to me. Baby brain. Yeah. yeah. She walked home to me, Nanny's. I mean, Nanny goes, Where's the child? And she's like, Oh, bollocks. So she had to walk back and get me. And I was still there. Of course no you were. Nobody. Of course you were. I was like, Add a baby in the buggy. And she's fine. Like, my mom was like, I, I totally forgot you. Whereas nowadays, they'd ring the guards on her. Oh, my God. She'd be God. mad. She'd, good services would be called. But I can totally relate that. Mm. I'd 
forget me too. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is that that was just the done thing yeah. back then. And then all it took was for one or two babies, you know, one or a couple of places yeah. across the world. And then that's it. The fear sparks I off and collective consciousness. People become so yeah. much more scared. And the more we communicate, yeah. the more fear can spread. So that's why the babies aren't safe. Oh, my God. Text me every 15 yeah. minutes. Let me know a child snatcher hasn't come and, and got you. I remember you. like going on nights out. Like I used to climb in my window. We lived in a bungalow mm-hmm. and I would climb in the window more so not to wake everyone up. Mm-hmm. But I know that my dad would wake when he'd hear me climbing in the window and that was like, oh, she's home. Mm-hmm. But there was no, like, can you think about it nowadays? If I had a child climbing in the window at 4 a.m., <laughs> I'd be I like, the window too, get yeah. the therapist, she's wild. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, And the crazy thing is as well, that these days the best friends that you can have are the types of friends who say text me when you're home yeah. because you still you need yeah. those friends now you yeah. know who go listen let me know that you got home safe in the taxi me and the girls and nowadays use the snap maps and do you know on snapchat and you can put your map your location on but you can pick a select few to view your location so i don't know when i was so i do a solo traveling but i left it on for the girls because before you could only have um Either everyone could see your location or whatever, which isn't great. But now you can make a group. So I have a group of people that can see my location. Um, so, yeah, it was like when solo traveling, it was amazing. But the girls, like even on nights out, because I am the queen of the Irish goodbye. I will be in the the pub and I'm in the chipper and I'm home. And the girls go, OK, she's home. Um, and if a snap, if I disappear or whatever, you know, they have my back. But that's what we do nowadays. Mm-hmm. But there was no snap maps back in the day. <laughs> Speaking of the chipper, because one of the funniest things on your Instagram stories is drunk dainty, oh right? God. And when you go out and you have your few pints of Guinness, right? And then you go yeah. to the chipper and you get your chipper man to make your cheese oh, and garlic fries, as you described amazing. it recently, as lasagna. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this girl is a genius. Yeah. Do you remember the very first time that you had cheese and garlic fries, which I, is an Irish, like, yeah. They don't understand it in other countries. No, they're like you garlic can't mayonnaise. Garlic they're like and cheese. no, it's and the chips divine. are rotten. They're like fried or frozen chips. And I was like, no, you need a good spot. Um, I would have went to Supermax on O'Connell Street okay. before getting the Nightlink home, and I think that's where it all started. So where did you build up your design though of doing it like a layers of garlic and cheese and chips? That's like just lasagna. years of getting shit chips deals. Oh, okay, and now yes. you're a pro. And then I was in the chipper and I was a bit feisty. And I there's one particular chipper that they know straight away how it's to be made, right? Because they know, they know. And they just, <laughs> they just like, yeah. The usual, Catherine. Yeah. And it's like, you know how I like lads? Like, yeah. And they charged me the extra 150 for the extra cheese and the extra garlic, right? But I went in one night and I was like... A guy cheese chips and a salad bowl. And I was like, listen, I'm sick of dry chips. Just, I'm sick of them. And they were like, what is wrong with her? She not happy. And I'm like, I'm sick of dry chips. If you're going to make garlic and cheese chips, I don't want the bottom <laughs> ones dry. I'm sick of all my garlic and cheese on the top and they're not evenly distributed. Make it this way, please. Chips, cheese, garlic, another layer. Chips, cheese, garlic. Pack it tightly, tight lid. And then that's it. And then ever since then, I'm like... Perfect, but I just go to that place. Nothing worse than a dry chip. Oh, you're absolutely priceless. <laughs> Tell me about your very first pint of Guinness because, okay. like this petite, beautiful, dainty girl and a big, lovely, big <laughs> pint of creamy Guinness. How did that become right. your drink of Actually, choice? The girl in the photo, shout out to Nikki Gorman. So, I was drinking, it took me a while to find my drink. Do you know when you go out? It was sugary drinks, so the fat frogs weren't agreeing with me. Okay. The Bacardi watermelon was leave me with the old heartburn. 
So I was on the hard Bacardi with Coke. That, was, that wasn't doing it either. So one day uh, I was out with Nikki and Nikki goes, oh, try this. It's a pint of Guinness. And I was like, what's that, Nikki? So but she taught me how to properly drink it because obviously like I growing up, you know, my dad drank stew. Every man I knew drank stew. And me always wanting to be one of the boys and outdo them and, you know, um, I started, she gave me a pint of Guinness and that was it. And I was like, this is actually really nice. And it didn't make me sick. It was just my drink then. Now still going to clubs, I wouldn't touch it because I learned, I became a connoisseur again. It's like, I know a good pint when I see it and I know not you all do, tap is yeah. the same. And, you know, I walk into a pub and I see how many people are drinking the pint to see if there's a good flow on it. And partial to a beamish if there's if the stout is bad there do you know what I mean like I I have the palette now but back then you I know. imagine in the pub now have you shocked men with this are they impressed or are they shocked Intimidated. by it? totally scared totally scared and in my local pub actually this is why I like going there they do a large bottle of Guinness so the thing is I love a creamy pint right and I'll have about three of them and I'm tipsy and then I get a little bit full and you have to drink your pint quick enough or it'll go flat and it won't be nice. Okay. So I get a large bottle of stew, which is very hard to get a bottle of Guinness, like the large bottle. Um, all man pubs do it, but my local does them. And I went up and I had had my pints against and I always order in the bar. Even if I'm sitting in the lounge, I go to the bar, get my pint and bring it back because the pints are flowing there. And I remember a few times I've gone in, I'd be like, oh, large bottle. They know like, oh, she gets full now, she'll be on the large bottle. And she can drink it slower then. And he's like, you are the only young one I have ever seen to order a large bottle of Guinness. And I'm like, ah, yeah, but I do be full on the points. And he's like, for God's sake. <laughs> it's like, what? But yeah, no, I, I love the multi taste or something. And it's a different type of um, drunk on the Guinness. But if you went on a date now, what would you have? Oh, I'd have a pint of Guinness. I was actually recently... On a, on a very first date, you've never yeah. met a fellow on Tinder or anything like that. Oh, good. Oh, man. yeah. Yeah. I was actually on a date. And uh, I have to be careful what I say. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've actually been on a couple of dates, and it's it's uh, they have not ordered. So they'll maybe drink Guinness to impress me, and they'll they'll order like a Coors Light or something. And I'm like, oh God, Coors Light. And I I'd be a bit. It's not mm. mad enough for me. I was then. on a date. You, um, I can say the chaps grant, and he got a gin and tonic. <laughs> He's there having a fishbowl gin and I have a point And the funny thing is, like, when the barman gives you your drinks and they give him the Guinness, I mean, and then I was just like, swap. Um, but yeah, it's mad. Um, it's, As a teenager, do you remember having your very first drink? Not, oh God, me and my cousin, God, I'll call her out. Um, we used to take shots from uh, her older brother. So her older brother was cool. He drove, he worked, um, he went out. He had, do you remember Woody's? Oh, yeah. He used to I have loved it. bottles of them and Archer's peach snaps. Yes. He used to have them in his bedroom and we would just take caps of it. No. And, yeah, we would just take caps and fill with water as well. <laughs> we would have been dead wide, but we used to take caps of that. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, Did caps. you ever take drinks out of the drinks cabinet at home? Or there was never really water? drinks. No, was there not? Okay, probably just doing the caps down and filling it back up with a bit of tap water to get a bit of a buzz. But um, I remember my first hangover though. Oh yeah, what was that like? Oh, 
um, I was old enough. I was very cautious with drink and then I got confidence. Mm. And we, you, about 16 and 17, we used to go to TGI Fridays because they gave five euro staff cocktails. And we used to go to heaven then. And I remember having thought, oh, Long Island iced tea. Learned me lesson then. And it, like, I, kept, I was home and all at 11 o'clock on the steps of the house. The late, late was still on. And I was getting sick blue stuff everywhere. And oh my God. little, yeah, my little brother answered the door and he's like, Catherine, everyone's still awake. The fucking late, late is still on. Gay born is still on. And I was like, eh, I'm in bits. And I was getting sick blue stuff, he said. He's like, the smell of it, it's just smelled like alcohol coming out of you I think I was drunk for two days oh my yeah. god and that's when I was like no cocktails uh, I learned another lesson down in the Canaries on holiday at the same thing cocktails so ever since I just stick to Guinness but yeah <laughs> I think that's the sensible thing to do <laughs> so looking back now on teenage dainty yeah. and the way you didn't want to conform to mm-hmm. the rules of school and things like that and yet you had a part-time job which yeah. gave you the freedom to go out and yeah. party it up and you know become discover who you yeah. are um you have an incredible work ethic mm-hmm. you are you. a grafter <gasps> my god will you get up at the crack of sparrows ah, and go yeah. I have a job to be done <laughs> and I will have a full-time job but I yeah. also you know do all of your crafting and your blogging and yeah. YouTube and everything and you're always busy and everything where did that incredible work ethic come from? I think it came from my parents uh, and especially my mom. Like, she wouldn't ring in sick to work often. There, w- there wasn't that ethic. Like, I look at some people and, you know, they have the mentality of, oh, I can just ring in sick or I can, like, the, the it doesn't matter what you do once you're doing something was the kind of thing. So it was like, you don't have to be, you know, a doctor or a pilot or whatever. Once you're doing something. And when I was just doing something, it's like there was little crumbs along the way that led me to the next thing. But it was kind of instilled that whatever you do, just do it with a kind of a passion, have respect for yourself, show yourself in a good light. Don't be letting people down, just go for it. But I can tell when I'm not passionate anymore about some, something because I will start to flake on it. And that's when I kind of step in. and I'm like, OK, this is this is served its time mm. type thing. Um, but I think there was that growing up of like everyone just worked and there was no like even like growing up, anyone who had parents that like sat at home all day, mm. I was just like, ugh. Like, yeah. what did he do? So you were just obviously around that inf- environment and you were influenced yeah. by that, just going, you work hard and you get results. Yeah. And that has obviously paid off for you. Yeah, and I think it's because when you were younger, like, we would have been, like, everybody poor up until the boom. And even in the boom, it was false richness. Um, so I think it was more so I seen that you have to work for things. Like, there was no money. So, like, even though my mom was a hard worker, she was still paycheck to paycheck. And I think, and even as a teenager, I, I was paycheck to paycheck. And looking back now, I never want to be paycheck to paycheck. Mm. Um, How and old were you when you bought the house? 25. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, 25. What an That just shows you what grafting pays off. Yeah, like, listen, you have to hand it. it to you. You worked so hard and you yeah. earn it and you deserve it. It's amazing. So that was kind of, um, I, w- I was blessed in a way because I was too young to do stupid things in the boom. Like I, my dad instilled the whole money side of things. So my first car, 
um, 95 Nissan Micra turquoise. <laughs> I got all the boys in my car. <laughs> and uh, I had um, I had to get a new gearbox, new R, everything in it. Like no automatic doors, windows, nothing. And it was 500 euro. It cost a thousand euro to insure. And my dad said, you buy what you can afford. You only have that. So you have a 500 euro car. Whereas some of other people who are around me at the time are like, oh, I just get a loan for five grand and I'm going to get a Toyota Starlet. And I'm going to get like a, I don't know, what was the car? So I'm like, a Golf. Jesus, if you do Golf, you're rich, like a 99 Golf. And he was like, you're not taking out a loan for five grand. Even though I was working at the time and I could well have taken out a loan for five grand. And it was the best advice he ever gave me. He's like, can you afford if that breaks? And I was like, no. And he's like, can you afford if your 95 micro breaks? And I was like, yeah, because I got an indicator from the scrapyard for a tenner. And he's like, well, then you drive that until you can afford the next one. And I was like, wow. And it's gas. Even now, I seen a lovely flash car the other day. Just a, a chap driving past in a flash car. And it was him and I was like, couldn't afford to fix it if it broke. <laughs> And I was like, he was like, these people are like mortgaged up to, even that's why, like, if, if it didn't suit me to buy, I wouldn't have bought. But he instilled that rent is dead money. And it just so happened that when I was buying the market crashed, it was in my favor. I was able to do that. But even at, like then, I, it was in me. I was like, I am not having a mortgage that's half of my salary or two thirds of my salary just to live. And I was like, no, that's not living. So he was kind of like, you know, why was she going to afford if, if that is your limit, you stick to your limit. You don't be getting yourself ahead of yourself because of a thing, basically. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he instilled the, the sensible money and things. But sometimes I'll do something really frivolous. And I'm like, oh, God, my dad would be like, you spent how much on a hot air balloon <laughs> over Dubai? And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> That's OK once you do it once in a while, as long as you're sensible 90% yeah, of the time, isn't it? it. So I'm like 70, 30 now sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. And two final questions. Yes. If you could look back now and speak to teenage Dainty, yeah. or Catherine, I should say, sorry, I just always think of Dainty, uh, what would you say? I think I would just hug her. Yeah. I would okay. just hug her and, and and I'd more so just give that energy and I would just, I would just tell her that you're going to figure it out. You will. Because if I was to give myself solid advice at that age, I'd be like, who? is this crazy lady mm. telling me these things but you will figure it out and every angsty pain ick is a lesson and you will be grateful for that lesson when you look back so get your head out just get your head out of your ass <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and then final question yes where will we see Catherine in five years time oh god um, 2024, you'll be Jesus. The age of 36, 35, 36, say, where will you be? What's the, have you planned that in your graft? I used to, right? If you had asked me this question at 25, right? I used to f- have, uh, and I still had the rebellious thing. So I used to follow the template of society. So by 30, I'm going to be married with kids. And I was like, you don't even want to be married with kids. You're only doing it because society is putting pressure on your ovaries. Um, so in five years time, I mean, I'd love to say, I'm gonna go from a more spiritual 
Oh, fantastic. I love that. I mean, I could be material and be like, oh, I'll be girl boss. I'll be, you know, jets and boys, cats and booze. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I mean, we could... (laughs) Really, that's probably what it's going to be. But from a kind of... I hope I am full as a person and I'm doing something I'm passionate about at that time. Amazing. Passion. Full human being. Not in a place of ego in a place of service and a good high vibe individual with cats, booze, bitches and planes. Amazing. <laughs> and what about Blondie? What age will Blondie be your cat? Blondie, Blondie is estimated to be five because she's rescued. So she'd be like a good 10. She'd be having the decade of her life. Oh yeah, she'd be in realm. Oh, Would you yeah. ever get a brother or sister for Blondie? Well, technically Pepsi mm. lives, she cohabits, but yeah. she's not my cat. Okay. And, and then there's the marmalade one that comes oh, around Toppy as well. comes yeah. in, not my cat again. So <laughs> you are the cat lady. Cat lady. So um, I would I get broody for kittens all of the time. Oh, I went to the cat um, the SPCA at Christmas time, and they had kittens, and it was it took every inch of me not to leave with a kitten. Like I just wanted to put them on my jumper and walk out. Do you but, get broody for human kittens? Human kittens. I'm much, yes, but since having a niece and nephew, it has warmed my ovaries, right? Like sometimes, you know, oh my God. And I never thought I would be, but maybe it's because, you know, the relationship I was in in my twenties wasn't right. So my vagina was like, no, 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 no. Whereas now I go into like hunt mode. So like, (laughs) <laughs> like hormone cycles right you know that you know week in the month and I'm like looking at men and I'm like sniffing them and I'm like impregnate me <laughs> lift up your arm there let me smell like, the pheromones like, yeah I was, I was out one I was out there recently and I was just staring I was like that creepy guy in the club and I was just staring at men and I was like I wonder could I sniff him um so that happens <laughs> if we could um create a space now and send a message mm-hmm. out to the universe tell me what is the perfect, we won't say that we use the word perfect. What would the right man for Catherine be okay. like? Tell me about him. So he's going to be full in himself. Okay. Right? He's not going to wait for me to do things. He's going to be full. Because I mean, I just hop on jets by myself. I don't need my hand held. Right? Mm-hmm. He's going to be like that. He's going to appreciate my energy. And he's going to be like, oh my God, this queen queen mm-hmm. right he's gonna have to drink Guinness and I tell you why right <laughs> when you drink Guinness you have a certain scent after a night on the Guinness you fart an awful lot right <laughs> right so he has to drink Guinness so then he can also fart and the two on each other. can just be like oh my god he was on the Guinness last night <laughs> but really it's me he also most like garlic and do you know what can I tell you my ultimate man right <laughs> God, I want a piece of yeah. When I walk into the chipper and he's already there ordering <laughs> them chips, and I walk in, I'm like, "Did you just order them? How I ordered them?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Do you hate dry chips too?" And he's like, "Nothing worse." <laughs> and then we fly off into the sunset. Oh, Must not be allergic to cats. Would you like him to be really good at DIY, like you, to use power tool, tools um, and stuff and upcycle? You know what the thought that crossed my mind recently? Because actually, Jen was moving in with her boyfriend, and she said this, and I was like, "Oh my god." Um, she was like, I ain't gonna have to, because she's crafty too. She's like, he has tools, I have tools. And we asked each other, do we combine? Oh my God. A toolkit? And I was like, 
shit and I was like that's like a shared bank account like that's serious that's isn't a, it yeah that's deeper than shared mm. bank account <laughs> that's like you want to use my glue gun yeah got cordless it's like whoa um it doesn't bother me if he's not into DIY because that's cool I can put up the shelves you're all right hon mm-hmm. you know would he have to be comfortable living in your space then because it's very dainty yeah and it's all the beautiful flowers and everything you just need a man who's just like this is cool or would he need his own man cave um just go and do all man things in there would you create that for him or let him create it himself I mean, he could have a shed. Brilliant. Throw him in there. (laughs) No, I think if I was to, I'm very, you know, I I do feel like if I was to meet someone, they would be my balance. Okay. So I kind of feel like I am, you know, in my energy. Because you're so girly. Uh, The only thing I can imagine is some hairy caveman who... (laughs) Who lo- well, if he's a hairy caveman and likes a bit of flower, like, I'm partial to a beardy chin, like, do you know what I mean? But I love the hairy cavemen. I'd be out looking at him all Yeah, mm. you see, that's the type of fella you need, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, like, uh, I just want, you know, a nice, a masculine, you know, energy. And he's just, you know, but he's full. I think it's the fullness I'm after. You must have a king's energy. Must king's be energy, because I'm queen. queen. Yeah. I'm goddess, you're king. You know, I'm looking for me divine masculine. Do you know what I mean? Amazing. Like, well, after. <laughs> I am already fashioning my flower crown for the wedding. Bring it on. Imagine the wedding. Catherine Carton, thank you so much for thank sharing you for your teen me. life and diaries with us on the podcast. You are amazing. Can't wait to meet him. Can't wait. <laughs> I tell you, it'll be a very, very lucky fella that gets Catherine. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. A huge thank you to Shane in Collaborative Studio for engineering the sound during the podcast. I'm your host, Jules Call, and this is the Cringe Binge Podcast, my 90s teenage diary. Brought to you by Acast, home of the world's best podcasts. (laughs) 